You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at Combank and today I'm joined by Head of Australian Economics, Gareth Ed. Gareth, good to have you on on CPI Wednesday. Yeah, g'day Belinda. It's been a, it's been another big one. I think the last was it three CPIs yeah. now have been all very important for our financial markets. Look, that's right. And I mean, we saw a very chunky headline CPI number today up by 2.1% in the quarter and you're right now at 5.1%, which is just a very, very strong number. The RBA's preferred trim mean measure was also very strong coming in above consensus as well at 1.4%. The annual rate up to 3.7%. So it really didn't spend that long within the RBA's target ban, did it? No, look, on the underlying basis, we only had two quarters where um, CPI was actually um, sitting within the target range. And now it's interesting, we went for many, many years where inflation was um, below the target range, uh, a couple of quarters where it was in the range, and then it's, it's blasted through the target range. Um, I, th- I think it's interesting too, you, you pointed out the, the key numbers that the, the spread or the difference yeah. between the headline rate and the underlying rate as measured by the trim mean is really, really wide. Um, 5.1% on the headline versus 3.7% on the trim mean. I think that's picking up the fact that there's some uh, unusual things going on in the CPI that have been trimmed out. And the, and the main one is uh, the cost of building a home. Yes. Uh, that has risen very, very sharply. Um, a lot of it's government-induced because they put in, put in the home builder package. That's proven to be very successful. And then, of course, you've got very strong uh, petrol prices and they've also been trimmed out. So that... Uh, headline rate is is very very high, but clear, clearly on an underlying basis too, uh, the data showing that uh, inflation has well and truly arrived in Australia. Now, I mean, there is just so much different things we could talk about in the inflation data today and what it means for the RBA, which we will get on, but. Certainly, I mean, here at CBA, we've been talking about uh, rising inflation uh, for about 12 months now, really picked up on a lot of our different meetings with uh, the corporates that we speak to. And that's certainly uh, really been picked up in the data today. You know, very strong, as you said, costs for building a new home, very strong fruit and vegetable prices. Uh, Everyone knows what's been happening with petrol prices. Uh, They're up 11% for the first quarter. But certainly one of the other things that's pretty clear in the data now is there's broad-based inflation pressure. The number of prices rising by more than 3% continues to rise and... That's certainly showing that inflation is is here to stay at least for 2022. Where do we go from here? Like, what are what are the main drivers of inflation at the moment? And are they coming from offshore? Are they coming from domestic? Is it just everywhere? I mean, I note in the data there was only one category that fell, and that was clothing and footwear prices. Mm. Oh, look, look, good questions. I mean, inflation's a lagging indicator, and in a lot of ways, it's picking up the extraordinary stimulus that we had put into the economy over the pandemic, uh, a huge fiscal expansion. We saw household income go up uh, during a recession, which was a first. We know that households are sitting on a, a lot of savings. 
we obviously went through a few rounds of lockdowns and during those lockdowns you couldn't spend money and yet income was going up. So as soon as we've come out of lockdowns, uh, households have been cashed up. They've gone out there and spent uh, more money than they would have otherwise. You know, that surge in demand has meant that um, some businesses are passing that on in the form of higher uh, prices for the goods and services that they're selling. Then, of course, you've had some issues on the supply side. Uh, some of those have been global. Uh, some of those have been domestic. Even um, the floods have had an impact on food prices. So you've had a few different forces at work that are generating the higher inflation. And to date, uh, a key force that would normally generate higher inflation, which is higher wages growth, hasn't actually been the driver of inflation. And this is what's creating the problem for households, is that the rate of inflation at the moment is well ahead of wages growth. And that's why households don't feel like what is a strong economy is actually working for them. And that's being picked up in the consumer confidence Mm -hmm. measures. Um, It doesn't matter if you look at the weekly Roy Morgan or the monthly Melbourne Institute, both those measures are actually saying that consumers are actually feeling worse than average about the economic outlook, which is very counterintuitive when you think the labour market's very tight and the unemployment rate is 4%. But I think it makes sense when you look at the inflation data and the experience that households have, the fact that wages are running below inflation. And I think now a well-telegraphed um, view out there uh, that, that interest rates are going to be going up very soon, which is going to mean higher interest costs on those people on floating rate mortgages. So um, yeah, for, for households, there wasn't actually uh, much to like in today's data because it confirmed what many households uh, will have been feeling, and that is that prices are rising more than their wages. That's right, and I think cost of living pressures have really been at the forefront of, of conversations you know, that we've been having internally uh, and externally really over the course of the past six months or so, and that, as you said, was confirmed mm. in the data. Now, the debate today after that release was really about the timing of the Reserve Bank's first rate hike. Now, for regular listeners of the podcast, uh, we've expected the RBA to lift rates in June. Uh, we had that, we've had that call since February. We're very early in that call. And that was really based on the fact that today's inflation number was going to be strong, but also May was unlikely. We're in the middle of a federal election campaign. And we also get wages data out on the 18th of May. Now, the RBA has said they want to see that data. The big debate was whether or not today's CPI was enough for the RBA to go in May or will they still wait for that data? Where did we land on that decision? Well, I guess we'll find out uh, next week (laughs) whether or not the inflation data was enough in and of itself to get the RBA over the line. We're actually listening to what the RBA Mm. is telling us. Um, And, you know, over the pandemic, the, the best way to call the Reserve Bank has been to forecast the economy, then have your rate uh, high profile off the back of that. But in the very near term, listen to what the RBA is telling us because that just guides their near-term decision-making. And in the April board minutes, which came out just last week, uh, the Reserve Bank Board stressed um, the importance of seeing a pickup in labour costs. They said that the timing, the likely timing of a first increase in the cash rate had been brought forward. But they said over coming months, and, and the key there being the plural, that important additional evidence will, will be available on both inflation and the evolu- evolution of labour mm-hmm. costs. And then they said consistent with its announced framework, and that framework being the one which is about sustainable inflation and seeing wages growth as well as higher inflation, now the board would then uh, assess what is the appropriate policy response. Now, they've 
got one of those pieces of data today, the very important one, the CPI. But if they were to move the cash rate next week, then they would actually be going against what they told us just a week ago, which is that it's not enough in and of itself to see a strong inflation print. They want to be confident that labour costs are evolving in a way that's going to mean inflation stays sustainably within that 2 to 3% target range. Now, we can argue or, or debate all day whether or not that's the right approach to take. Mm. Um, and I think lots of people out there are saying what the Reserve Bank should do. Yeah. But, but our job is to call what we think they will do. And we've listened to what they told us last week. We've recognised that they didn't need to put that paragraph into their, their minutes yeah. around uh, data over coming months being very important in what they decide to do and stressing the evolution of labour costs. If they were worried that we were going to get a big CPI and they wanted to create some room to hike the cash rate in May, they simply didn't need to say that. And we think that it's it's important that they said that in the context of thinking about what they do in May because they've laid the foundations for a explicit hiking bias in May without needing to raise the cash rate because of what they've said about labour costs. So the long and the short of mm-hmm. it is, and we obviously debated this as a team yeah. for, for quite a while today, but we're going to take the, the Reserve Bank at face value. Um, we're going to listen to what they've said last week and say they're going to keep their word next week that they'll recognise the inflation data means a rate hike is around the corner, but they won't deliver it because they haven't yet seen those labour costs. They'll get those in mid-May. Um, well, they'll get the wage price index in mid-May and then they'll get the national accounts before the June board meeting and then they'll have everything, all the information they said they wanted to see before raising the cash rate and therefore we're sticking with June as the uh, the month for liftoff while, of course, we recognise that given the strength of the inflation data and we have to be open to the idea that they actually go back on what they said just a week ago and, and, and end up moving next week. There's also a lot of debate out there and something we've been debating as well is whether or not they go for a larger move. So at the moment, we've got the RBA lifting rates from 0.1% to 0.25% in June, which is a lift in the cash rate of 15 basis points. There is a growing risk, though, that they increase it by 40 basis points to 0.5%. Look, absolutely. And you know the, the, the sell side out there is getting quite split yeah. now on what's likely to happen. Over, uh, over the next couple of months. I mean, one of three things could happen probably next week. They could leave the cash rate on hold. They could raise the cash rate by 15 basis points to 25 basis points. Or they could hike the cash rate by 40 basis points, as some analysts suggested. Um, now, we're, we're of the view that they're on hold next week. And then, when it, and then on that basis, then at the June board meeting, you, you're faced with those same uh, yeah. three decision nodes, albeit that, you're almost certainly going to be raising rates and then is it 10 basis points or is uh, is it 15 basis points rather or is it 40? Um, It looks a coin toss at the moment. Uh, We've stuck with 15 basis points largely because we're going to hear from the Reserve Bank Board next week. They can can send a clue as to what they might do in June Um, and you can argue it both ways but if you deliver 40 basis points as the first hike, having basically told households and businesses all through last year that you're unlikely to raise the cash rate until 2024 at the earliest. Um, yeah, that's a, that could send a bit of anxiety or anxiety levels up a bit um, because households and businesses would, would start to worry about how fast the tightening cycle might actually be. So um, at the moment, we're sitting on 15 basis points in June and then a follow-up uh, rate hike of 25 basis points in July. If they send signals, 
you know, contrary to that next week, then uh, we'll make an appropriate change to our to our forecast. But I think at the moment, um, you know, of more interest is actually what they do next week, and uh, we're going to take them at their word, and, and we've got them on hold. Gareth, it's been a it's been a it's been an interesting day just to to go through the CPI data and kind of play over what it means for the RBA. Appreciate your time running us through the outlook. A pleasure, Belinda. Nice to chat. And no doubt over the next four or five days, the um, business sections of the newspapers are going to be full of speculation as to what they may or may not do in in May. And given that we've overlaid that with an election campaign, I think the focus firmly now in the media is going to be on on inflation and interest rates over the next few days. Definitely. And just for our listeners, we were recording this on the afternoon of Wednesday the 27th of April and the RBA board meeting is just under a week away. Uh, So we get the RBA board meeting on the 3rd of May uh, at 2.30. Then on the Friday just after, we do get the statement on monetary policy where the RBA outlines their views and forecasts in much more detail. So there's going to be no shortage of information for us to analyse and dissect over the coming week or so. Uh, And then obviously that all-important wage price index out on the 18th of May. Gareth, thank you very much for joining. Thanks, Belinda. Now, you can read our write-up of the Q122 CPI data on compankresearch.com.au and that was published on the 27th of April, 2022.